Okay, so I'm gonna go over just you know just some some questions on some things like that I that I pulled up. Ready? Okay. Um. So so what do you think about humanism, Grandpa? So, so human, uh, the humanism, the idea behind that was they kind of, if you looked at the artwork that the humanists made, it's kind of like in the Renaissance time period. They started going a little bit away from the, from focus on like the divine and uh, reverence for the divine and, and creating like perfect images. And they're focusing more on the individual human and nature and, and more on the individual and, and, and focusing on the human in this world. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, why is it a move in the right direction? Well, because it was moving away from the, the magical and superstitious thinking. And so what? It, it, it's that whole idea that uh, that there is a God telling us how to run our life and and what the rules and the regulations are, and that this separate divine or separate uh, transcendent God is is running our life, and it was a move toward the real uh, toward uh, releasing that kind of bondage to that kind of thinking and moving it more to a rational um, mode of thinking, cause and effect, rational, reason-oriented, reason-directed. It's more the second quadrant belief. It's very we, we know it's very self-confirmatory in, in the trans in the trans-rational transpersonal model. You want to transcend the self, right? So the, the reason why, if, if, you, if you're thinking in terms of magical, there's a magical separate being, you, you know if you're in a dream, even if there is a, you know, you, if there's a God in a dream, some sort of separate being in the sky doing magical things, yeah, you can maybe um, placate that God and you can do things with it and maybe even in, within the dream that God can help you. But if you, if you believe that it's real and you believe that you're real, you're still stuck in the dream. It's kind of a it's kind of a gnostic idea, right? Because because in the gnostics they they say like okay yeah there, there might there might have been a demiurge we're not gonna deny that the demiurge that might have created existence and stuff, but still you don't want to worship that because that keeps you stuck in the existence. Right. Even if it can help you though. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think about that, Grandpa? But 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 the but the but the way that you're talking about it, you, you you're saying that there there isn't one, and 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 you, you know if you look at like the Hindu scriptures and stuff, it's very clear that you know that this stuff is very metaphorical, and and you know the, the different gods like Indra represents the rain, and 
you know, the god of the Ganges River. And, and we know like the Hindus who are very superstitious and magical thinking they, they take these literally. And, and then they, they worship them and, and then that's very self-confirmatory. And then they're not moving toward Vishnu Shiva consciousness, which is oneness consciousness, transcending the idea of dualism. And that they are a separate ego body. Right? Yeah. But then you said, you, you said superstition is actually moving in a... In a little bit of it's a little bit of a higher level of consciousness than than magical, right? Because at least now you're taking some initiative. Yes, exactly. You're taking some personal responsibility. And and why is that? You're you're not just a helpless victim. You you can in, you can influence the director. And, and why is why is that important to to move to that direction? Well, see, that's taking more responsibility. That's not. Not giving all responsibility to some magical force beyond yourself. But there's also some sort of higher aspiration in, in you know, giving all responsibility to the force beyond yourself in, in the idea that completely letting go and surrendering. Right? Well, but you see, the, the, the issue is completing letting go and surrendering in order to make something good happen. See, it's a way of appeasing God. Um, it's it's a way of, of of trying to get the results, get, get the benefit. So one super or, or magical is just giving it over in order to get what you want. Superstition is begging to get what you want from this transcendent God. Wait, wait, could, could you repeat that? Grandpa was daydreaming, was it? I say magical thinking is giving it over. And just surrendering and letting go in order to um, get what you want from God. It's a more of a hippie type orientation, whereas superstition thinking is is uh, trying to influence that transcendent God in order to get what you want. Both of them are focused mm -hmm. on on the self, getting what I want. Still, yeah, you still think you're the separate ego, so. Yeah. But then, even in the rational consciousness, you still believe you're the separate ego self. But it, but but why is that to move in the right direction to move from the superstition to the rational? Well, it's it's not believing in a in a in a separate force outside that needs to be influenced. It's 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 taking more responsibility rather than surrender than than giving someone else credit or blame. It's taking credit and blame for you on on your own, and that's a step in the right direction. Is that like the humanistic idea? idea? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of interesting. Uh, like Michelangelo, he would depict uh, David as like one of the Greek gods. So he would make him naked, like a Greek. They made the Greek gods, you know. And it's kind of it's kind of taking him on that that classicism, the 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 old Greek mythologies, and it's moving it. But it's also making the human, making man like one with God. And it's giving man a divine spark. They talk about that. That was like Neoplatonism, saying that man has a divine spark. And they kind of see that with, you know, that 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 painting where uh, Michelangelo had uh, Adam touching God's finger. Yeah. And that's like the, the divine spark. But the divine spark is in man. Like, what's the meaning of that? Thank God. So, so in the in the rational consciousness, you still believe, but you're, you're taking personal credit, or, or you're taking personal responsibility. So, so this is ego oriented, right? Right. Exactly. Whereas before it was, 
it was group groupish it, it was like religious group belief oriented or what In magical thinking. Yeah, I don't know that I would say that it indicates group orientation. Mm. It's uh, it's also ego oriented, right? But oh yeah, it, mm. it's it's ego oriented. It's still getting trying to get what you want. But 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 why is a rationalist more ego oriented, or is it more ego oriented? It's it's individualistic, right? assuming that we have the power whereas the magical and superstition it assumes that there's a transcendent separate transcendent being that has the power mm. rational thinks i have the power to make make it happen mm. whereas the superstition says god has the power and i can make it happen by getting god to make it happen But the higher aspiration behind that is is it acknowledging that there is a higher power though, right? And isn't there a higher power? Yeah. But you but you're saying not not a a separate higher power. Well, it, 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 there's not a higher power that you can influence in order to get what you want. Then what is it? Well, superstition is. There's a higher power that you can get what you want, whereas trans transrational is there is a higher power of which we are both the agents and the beneficiaries. And what does that mean, both the agents and the beneficiaries? Well, the the, the good is already happening, and our our responsibility is to align with that, is to get up tempo with that, so we can be in the flow with that, so we can be both the beneficiaries and the agents of it. Yeah, well, we, we know too, like the people who worship a, a certain god, you it's very it's very tribal, and it is group oriented, it's ego oriented and group oriented, and and your god is going to be based around your ego identity, and and, and what group you subscribe to. So, for instance, like a, a one tribe is going to worship this god, the other tribe is going to worship this god. They're really pointing to the same idea, the transrational, the mythologies, but they're they're worshiping them as really just a projection of themselves, of their groups, right? Yeah. Like 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 the like the the white supremacists when they worship Jesus or white people tend to in general who who subscribe to the identity of white, they're really worshiping you know themselves. They think Jesus is white. They think that God's white. They think that, you know, God wants what what the what's good for the white people or whatever. And then a, the a black person is gonna they have a different version of God. That's good for the black people, who subscribe to being black. They, they, yes, you know, I've, I've never thought of this in terms of group identity, but that probably is a factor. Yeah, there's a book called like the Four American Gods, and one in in the the thesis of the book is that black people worship a different god than white people in America, and they worship a different god than educated people in America, and they worship a different god than women in America. And like I forget the but the white people tend to see God as authoritarian, the black people tend to see God as kind of like authoritative, but he punishes people in the afterlife, whereas the white people tend to believe that God uh, affects things in this in this life more than the afterlife. 
and maybe that's the idea that you know the, the black people tend to be more poor and they tend to suffer more in this life so they think okay well the white people will get theirs in the afterlife or whatever I don't know I don't know if that's right but but anyways yeah so so the group the identity ego you you subscribe to is going to affect your version of God right yeah oh. yeah but does the group or does the group's way of thinking influence mm. your version of God Okay, so, so it's not, not because you're black or white or male or female. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't. So, so okay. So I, I don't, I don't. All right. So, so then you have. Uh, okay. So, what do you think about this idea? Okay, like a aliens or angels. You know, some people might say. What do you think about angels? And he doesn't. So, you know, a lot of people, they think, okay, angels are looking down upon us. Angels are protecting us. Maybe that's just an idea that, you know, you can get in the flow that there is a higher power. Yeah. Yeah, that certainly is, a, a, uh, I, I would think, a very a relevant um, dimension of that kind of thinking. But then at the same time, though, how, who are we to deny that there there might be angels or there might be... Yeah. Uh, that's true. You know, and, and, and you know, some people like the rationalists, the the, na the rationalists, naturalists are gonna say, yeah, there's angels, but they're you know, people are just mis misinterpreting them. They're actually aliens. You know, th those are you know, these are they're actually these beings, but they're actually alien. Any thoughts of that? Yeah, well, that's a rational perspective. Yes. So that's a rational perspective, but still, they're caught up in dualistic consciousness. They still, you see, like like you know, even Jung said that there might be UFOs, there might be aliens and stuff, but it's everything is really just a psychoid dream. Uh, of of the super uh, the super consciousness, you know, collective consciousness, and yeah, there's crop circles and stuff, and they're revealing these geometric patterns and everything. But really, this is just a, you know, the collective conscious, the, the the process of its development, and and these things happen as an aspect, maybe with a higher deeper meaning, kind of like in a dream. Like you know, this reality is like a dream. There there's symbolic significance in what's going on, if you can. If you can be aware of it, if if you can see the big picture, any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. So so like with with the angels or the aliens, yeah, rationalists are gonna say no, they're just they're, they're aliens. He's gonna come up with a rational perspective. Okay, yeah, they came from this planet and they actually helped evolve our species and stuff. Isn't that just a, a, another mythology? Probably. And and really. Who's to say that the that the idea of angels and stuff is is any less accurate than something like that? Why does it have to be naturalistic? Why why are people assuming that reality has that reality's cause and effect naturalistic? I think it's very it's kind of I think the quadrimal really definitely calls into question the idea of, of a naturalistic reality. But any thoughts on it? 
So really, but it also might it might not be the same as as the like angels like the supernatural idea of the, that's that it fits the Bible because idea with somebody focusing on okay no the, the Bible's perspective is right and this one's not right is that that's still self confirmatory right they're still stuck in the they still believe that they're real and they still believe that they're separate separate angels and in a dream nothing none of it is real. It doesn't. No. So, so you want to look? You want to look for the the symbolic meaning of it, the deeper meaning. Uh, kind of like in a dream, you know. Okay, the 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 aliens did this. The angels did this in the dream, or this happened in the dream. What does this mean? It's kind of like the idea of like the Oedipal dynamic. What do you think, Grandpa? That that with with the Oedipal dynamic, where people where Freud saying, okay, this this. What this represents is the the son having sex with the mom. But what does that mean? That that represents really the desire for oneness, to go back to oneness, right? To go back to the womb, to to non being, right? Right. Or, exactly. or or killing the dad. What does killing the dad represent? That re that represents trying to break free of of duality, of of yep. restrictions of the law, or what? Yeah. Toward, toward the oneness. All of the above. Yes. All right, so so what what do, what do you think about this, Grandpa? There's this guy. Uh, his name is Doctor Brown. He's a kind of like a Christian conservative, but but he made, he posted this. It says Satan thought that he had taken everything from Job, but to Job, God was his everything. And then Doctor Brown says, "Powerful." He says, "Powerful!" Explanation point. Any thoughts on that? Yes, read that again. So Doctor Brown posted. He says, "Powerful!" Explanation point. And it's supposed to say Satan thought that he had taken everything from Job, but to Job, God was his everything. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, see, I think that that's an interpersonal mm -hmm. interpretation of Job, and it misses the, the profundity of the symbolic or the metaphysical uh, inter interpretation of God, or of Job. Mm -hmm. See, as, I, as I understand it, and as we talked about it when we were studying, studying the Bible, is that that, that whole Job story um, has to do with the, It was so clear at the time. It's not just so clear to me right at the moment, but that um, Job Job wrestled with the idea that there was no intellectual, there was no, there was no strategy, there were no, there were no formulas for um, for for receiving or participating in the flow, participating in God's blessing. So, um, uh, it's interesting how clear it is when we're really involved in the discussion of it, but to remember it isn't, the clarity has faded. Yeah, well, no, because it was because of the, the guys who were talking to Job, they were being like, oh no, this is the reason why, this is the reason why, but Job never accepted any of their, their answers, and he continued in the question, the inquiry. 
and he so he never got in any any belief system that he can become attached to to self-confirmatory and as a result because he never got ossified within any one orientation he ultimately got the revelation from god and he got to see firsthand he says now i see whereas before i only heard yeah whereas before i only believed what i heard and i've heard but a hearing of the ears through the rational mind but now my eyes have seen so that was the essence of that story and, and what this guy is saying totally misses out on the understanding of the profundity of that whole Job story. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a he's a religious conservative, and and he's you know he's a big Trump supporter, and he, and he's a big you know anti-abortion, and and you know he's 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 a he's a religious fundamentalist, and the idea is he's saying he he says powerful and very sentimental, bring calling attention to himself speaking to the choir so his whole group can say yes yes now they can all confirm to each other okay we all got the answer we're all right yeah we're all right they're they're all wrong satan thought that he had taken everything from job but to job god was his everything very sentimental right yeah so but but there could be a higher truth to that okay god is is the everything god you know that the transcendence of the ego body the the, the transcendence of the flow to the truth that's important and, and, and Satan represents, you know, the dualistic consciousness. And, and Satan thought that he had taken everything. Job thought that he could make things happen. And he got attached to the ego body identity. So we can understand through this transpersonal lens or we can, you know, but, but we're, but we're, we're guessing and, and I think a lot of evidence indicates that when he's saying this, it's more of a self-confirmatory orientation exactly. that he's exhibiting. Beliefs and not believing Satan. So, and then the same thing like, okay, somebody somebody might say, okay, God is in control. He says, God is in control. What would you say is the software of that? Can you, can you repeat that guy, what did you say again? Yeah, again, state your question again. Okay, someone says God is in control. He posted on Facebook. What's the what's software? Or what's a... Well, that's, that's magical thinking. Mm -hmm. That there is a magician in the sky. Yeah. A, a transcendent... But what about, the, what about the idea that Quadrant is in control? Good question. 
quadrant in control or does quadrant determine how the flow manifests itself? And the flow is in, in control and the quadrant is just defines how well, the, the, flow the, the flow is a part of the quadrant. The flow is the is the fourth quadrant within the quadrant model in in, in, in the in the site in the psychology perspective. But everything in existence, yeah, is is seems to be determined by the quadrant. Um it doesn't. Yeah, that's that's the way I understand it. So is that magical thinking? Well, again, it, as I understand it, again, I, I, I'm not real clear what you mean when you say the flow is a part of the quadrant. I see the flow as... There, there's sensation, perception, response, awareness is the first quadrant. Belief, faith, behavior, belonging is the second quadrant. That's group orientation. The first quadrant is instinctual. The third quadrant is ego, thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming, individualistic, ego, rationalist consciousness. The fourth quadrant is contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing, and that's a transcendence of the ego, transcendence of the self. Yeah, well, but I, I see the flow as, as a... As a as the essence of reality and that flowing is one of the ways in which the flow manifests itself. Flowing manifests itself in all four of those quadrants. It manifests itself in the belief and belief too. Yeah. How so? Well, that's just, that's just one of the ripples in the stream. Okay, so everything is one flow, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my current understanding. Yeah, I, you see, the th the thing is, yeah, that well, it, that's true. The fourth quadrant is is contemplation, passion, flowing, knowing, and and that encompasses the first three quadrants. Yes. Because each each quadrant transcends but includes everything before it. But the, also, we're not going to deny the variabilities and the differentiations and the disparities between the quadrants and the, gradation, the, the gradational effects of that. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't? Yep. So, so yeah, someone says God is in control. That can be very self-confirmatory. Okay, I have the right belief in God. Anybody who doesn't believe it... It can be that, but then also somebody can say it from a transpersonal perspective. God is in control. I'm letting go of trying to make it happen, and I'm going to become be, be receptive to the truth and to that empty space of perfection. Yes, exactly. So... So somebody posted, uh, people with INTB personality type tend to share thoughts that are not fully developed, using others as a sounding board for ideas and theories in a debate against themselves rather than an actual conversation partner. That's what someone posted on INTB Central. What do, what do you think about that quote, Grandpa? Well, it's an, it's an accurate discernment. I don't know that it's, it 
it fits a particular group, but it, it's certainly a way in which um, one can live his or her life from that perspective. So yeah, so people do have different orientations, personality types, and that, that they, it might lead them to different ways of being. And, and you know, someone was saying that like INTPs, they tend to not be very big with you know uh, romantic relationships and stuff. But the idea of romantic relationships is isn't that a form of self-confirmatory thing? And that might be why an INTP, INTP who might be more in the fourth quadrant orientation of knowing, maybe more in the out of the transcendence of the dream world, yeah, might be a little bit more hesitant to get involved within the, the matrix. Of interpersonal yeah. consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't want to limit ourselves and say, okay, I'm an INTP. I have to do this. I have to do this. That's, that's dualistic consciousness. That's holding onto an ego identity, right? Right. See, see, and I, and I, quote, if you call somebody an INTP, that doesn't make, that doesn't determine his mode of being. His mode of being is described by INTP. That's not who he is. That's just a description of his mode of being. Can you can you expand on that? Expand on that. Well, it's, it's like saying I'm black or I'm I'm schizophrenic or I'm whatever. See, that's not who I am. An INTP is not who I am. Who I am is my mode of being. That's who I think I am is my mode of being. And I can describe that as INTP or I can describe it as black or I can describe it as white or Jewish or whatever. Yeah. But that's not who I am. Yeah. I am and I, am and I have certain proclivities. I have certain pro proclivities that can be defined and identified and described as INTP, but that's not who I am. Yeah, I, I remember there was this Orthodox Jew guy, Jewish guy, and he was he was posted he posted something that like you know according to so and so sage you know Jews are ontologically different from the you know everybody else that they're they're like almost you know like you know how Aristotle said that there's like four levels of being, but the and the fourth one's a human, but the Jew is actually kind of like a fifth level, like ontologically different. That's very much self-confirmatory, right? That idea, right? Right. But that, but but in a transpersonal perspective, what he's trying to say is that according to the Bible, there's something called a Jew, but that's not a, a person. That's not a that's not a group. That's not an ethnicity. Even in the Bible, it's not re even really an ethnicity. What it is is it's somebody who's breaking out of the contentment of idols, which is a self-confirmatory orientation toward the flow, breaking out of you know n not not settling within the comfort zone, or somebody who's who's. Exactly. So it's his mode of being. It's his way of being in life. He's he's breaking free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but do you, do you think that it is possible, like in terms of uh, you know, do you think it would be beneficial to have like a society built around, you know, okay, we, we can study people's, you know, separate them into four casts. Maybe this is going to be that would be an efficient society where we, you know, you don't want to deny people strengths. You know, an INTPP has certain strengths, and you want to and you want to help to facilitate, and you want to promote that and encourage those strengths. Whereas, you know, an ESFJ, and and you and you and you don't obviously don't want to you know be focusing on someone's weaknesses and trying to help him improve his weaknesses. That's not that's not as beneficial. Exactly. So, what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, in, in a simplified way of, of explaining that, 
basically in my understanding of the four forces of emergence. The conservation, uh, reformation, dissolution, and expectation. See, all four of those need to operate, and, and it would not be helpful to try to, to uh, invite a person or even encourage or in some way influence them to move out of that particular contribution that they can make. All four of those are necessary contributions to the process of emergence. Yeah. But also we're assuming an, an, an emergence, which, which we don't want to, we don't want to make that, you know, necessarily make that assumption, but yeah, it doesn't. Right. I, I'm just using that as an illustration of, of the, there's a value in all of our proclivities, mm. our strengths. So, so somebody posted, uh, so someone responded to that post. Nope, INTPs often overthink everything and are very hesitant to share their ideas. It's ENTPs that bounce uninformed or unformed ideas like a machine gun, not INTPs. And then someone else says, uh, I don't think so. It depends on the people. And I have always been an INTP. I would not do that in public, just with certain people. But the truth is, it's actually kind of hard to find such people because the, either they do not understand or they don't want to listen or else. Any thoughts on that? Well, again, there are people who have that kind of mode of being, mm -hmm. and and we can identify that or describe that as I as a combination of INTP or ENTP. But who the hell cares? How you define it is just that that that's a person's proclivity and strength, and so celebrate it. Yeah. So 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 a danger with you know. And INTP, ENTP, all that stuff, it can tell you about somebody, but at the same time, there's so much variation even within that. But it, it can give you a, a good perspective on somebody's mode of being, right? Yeah, yeah, it can be a, 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 an aid to discernment. Um, but, you know, any anybody, everybody's within all of these boxes. You know, all everybody's, you know, kind of, kind of amorphously bouncing through all of these, you know, and, and, and different life experiences are going to change people and their races and their, their ethnicities, all these different factors are playing into it, but they're not, they are not those things in particular. So, 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 huh? so, so you're not your ego identity, but then what are you? I are. Hmm. Uh, you know, is it just, everything is just the, the quadrant, uh, yeah manifestation and, and everything's an aspect of that and and within everything there's the quadrant um overlapping and, and looping yeah yeah and effluence all right so so what do you think about this someone said even if the whole world doubts you even then you have to continue to stubbornly believe in yourself what do you think about that somebody said See, again, that could be understood from different perspectives. To believe in who you really are, namely a manifestation of the flow. Mm -hmm. But if I believe that I'm superior, I believe that I'm inferior, that I'm 
crazy or that yeah. I'm a Jew or a Greek or a male or female or gay or whatever. It doesn't help to, to hang on desperately to that belief. Um, I'm thinking of a... Yeah, well, I mean, the, the reason why that is is because, like, okay, you think you're black. Okay, now you're going to fulfill the black stereotypes. Right. And, and the beliefs are super powerful, and that's, you know, like me. I, I, I would fulfill, you know, I thought that I was kind of black, so I would try to fulfill the stereotypes, trying to make things happen, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not really what you are, and a lot of the quote-unquote stereotypes come from environment, right? Yep. Nurture. But then at the same at the same time though, I'm thinking about like uh you know Boltzmann Ludwig Boltzmann and remember they didn't believe him Boltzmann said hey listen I've I've done this research and 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 I've and I've studied this stuff and and I came up with this equation of entropy and it appears that you know atoms really exist and it's not just a a a way for us to understand physics that we that we use mathematically to try to understand things it's not just just a mathematical construct they actually really exist. And then the people laughed him. Ah, whatever, you're stupid. And, and then he was and then he ended up committing suicide. But it then was, and, and it doesn't. Maybe that was because he identified with what he believed, with what he had concluded. Mm-hmm. See, there's a difference between uh, see Einstein didn't didn't believe he didn't identify with what he believed. He just discovered things and he even the things that he discovered, some of them, he, he, he insisted they were wrong. But he discovered he discovered the truth, but he couldn't see the truth of what he discovered. See, so he was totally free from the the, the limitations of believing in what he discovered. Uh, wait, well, what do you say? See, he, he was totally free. Of, no, before that, what did you say? I, before that. Well, the, both one and there were other scientists that, that, that totally identified with, with the things that they discovered. And when people wouldn't accept it, he assumed they weren't accepting him. So that he committed suicide. And that, that's happened more than once. Yeah, but also, you know, may, maybe he committed suicide because, you know, they, they were laughing at him, and, and, and he, but it was it was true, you know what he discovered, and and they maybe he wasn't able to make any money because of that, and they were treating him poorly and stuff. Maybe he didn't identify with it. He was just saying this is what the evidence indicates, you know. Maybe he didn't identify with it, but you know that's possible. Um, and maybe he was just like, yo, pe- people are stupid, you know. And then, but but also, I mean, there's so many cases. Uh, I I I didn't I haven't written them all out, but I would listen to all these lectures, and, and it happened so many times in history. But another example would be like this guy named Snow. He discovered cholera or cholera. I think it was cholera was like in the wells or something. I forget exactly how he discovered it. But then the people didn't didn't accept it. And then people ended up continuing getting sick and continuing to die. And it's only like way later that people were like, oh, wait, that Snow guy was right. So isn't it important that Snow maintains his, his belief in that theory even though the people are denying it? Because he's right, but or but then but then you know then there's then there's, then there's always those guys who are like oh no even even today no there's no such thing as germs and stuff and, and they even deny that so but yeah they, then they believe that there isn't such thing as germs but you're trying to say you don't want to believe either one but you know 
the idea that snow discovered this and, and, and it helps and it, and it saves lives and stuff, should we just assume and have the belief that snow is right because, you know, his this discovery ends up saving a lot of people's lives and everything or or should we go you know even just okay well let's not believe it let let's even even maybe you know not not identify with any of those belief systems because he has an ego body but but at the same time you know maybe these people are right that you know the, the christian scientists are right that there is no such thing as germs and there's a lot of people who argue this you know there's those you know they tend to be crazy you know quote unquote crazy like they tend to be like the white supremacists like the they tend to be like the flatter flat earthers those people tend to be like Nazis, and then they deny the Holocaust, and they deny they try, they you know the people who do that they tend to it's kind of like I'm not I'm not gonna get say any names, but you you know who kind of like uh you know I will you know a Amos was getting caught up in the Uncle Amos he's getting caught up in the um into the QAnon stuff, and and it's those types of people who who. Now, now they're starting to deny reality, but then they're coming up with their own fictional, you know, thing. And then, and then they're saying, okay, the Holocaust didn't happen, and, and the cholera is not true. There, there's no sicknesses. The, the vaccine, vaccine kills people, and then they, they're just saying all this stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, see that, that, that again is becoming a, police, a, a a prisoner of your beliefs or your beliefs that is right or beliefs that is wrong. But see. People like uh, you were talking about are doing their research and they find some evidence to support a particular theory and um, then it takes courage to be able to, to, to stand up for your theory, stand up for the evidence that you found and at the same time have the courage to admit that you could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But at this point the evidence seems to indicate that this is right. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm not going to believe it, but I'm going to stick with the evidence as it presents itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and an idea is, you know, yeah, it's certainly, you know, there's placebo effect and, and certainly maybe even beliefs influence reality. We don't know which comes first, reality or beliefs. And, and you know, it could be an interplay and an interface with some sort of transcendental realm and stuff. And, and it's all the quadrant, whatever. But the thing is... um. You know, I'll just give another example though. It's like Bose. I, I mean, there's so many examples. It like I listen to every single lecture series, Grandpa. Like all these different ones, and all of it was they, it's the same story with all these guys. It's almost like a, a a principle of existence that the people who discover the huge stuff are denied. Like I'll, I'll give what one, one I'll, I'll give two more examples. But one of them was was Bose, who who discovered the boson. Um, and originally when he first made the discovery. People said, "No, this is this is stupid. It's crazy. You're wrong." And it took like many, many years, like I don't know, maybe ten years, maybe even longer. And then finally, Einstein looked at the paper, and that's why they call it the Bose, like Bose Einstein. But Einstein looked at Bose's stuff and he said, "Wait, wait, this is right. I think this is right." And then people were like, "Oh, oh, it is right. Oh, okay." Um, but but again, Bose didn't didn't like. Did he stubborn? Did he he maintained his belief that it was right, and he continued to try to put it forward, you know, even though the people were so. But the idea is, what you know, what what, what do you say? What what do you do about that? Like, it, are are you saying okay, if you you want to transcend all beliefs, but at the same time, what, what's up with Bose doing this? And wasn't it wasn't it beneficial that he did that, maintained it, and then finally it got discovered as being true? Any thoughts? Well, see. The 
said was that his belief or was that his theory based on the evidence that he had found so far? See, there's a difference between a belief... Well, yeah, he, had a, he had a revelation. He had a revelation. He actually made a mistake. What he did was it was actually a quadrant mistake. He had... He was doing mathematics on his board in front of his class, and then he had two two balls, two different colored balls, a red ball and a blue ball. And and with, with those two types of balls, you can get four combinations. Red, blue, blue, red, blue, blue, and red, red. But he accidentally, when he was doing the mathematics, he left one out. But somehow by leaving one out, he, it hit him with the realization that, wait, there's some sort of uh, isomorphism or something within these balls. And... And with using only three of the combinations of the four, this this led to this revelation. So it was by accident. But so so it wasn't like even like it, it was kind of a you know again it's, it's kind of like an epiphany that 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 comes that came by accident. It was it was an anticipated accident. But then the idea though was it, it took a while for it to be accepted, or you know I think that was what it, what it was that he discovered that that took a while to get to, to get accepted. But then finally people were like, oh, wait, well, uh, people, yeah, people didn't accept it. But then finally Einstein said, no, wait, he looked at the paper. He was like, no, this is right. So what, what do you think about that? He, so he, he maintained his, his belief, right? Or no? Well, see, we don't, uh, I, I don't have enough evidence to know whether he maintained it as a belief or he maintained it as a theory. Mm-hmm. This, this is what the evidence indicates. This is the way, see, a theory is a way of looking at reality. It's not the way reality is. It's a way of looking at reality. And then you don't have to prove it. If you're saying this is, this is a way of looking at reality, then you can leave it. Then, then you're not encouraging other people to believe it, nor are you encouraging yourself to believe it. You're encouraging others to explore it and discover it for themselves. Yeah, but but at the same time, if a lot of times if someone doesn't you know go go at it with that force and that um, you know persuade people, then they're not going to you know buy into it. And the interesting thing about science is, is they described it the same thing as like religion. A lot of it's based around popularity. You know uh, what's his name like. Uh, um, Kuhn and those guys, they said that people think, oh, science, yeah, it's, it's the most accurate theories that get, that get promoted, but not really. It, it, a lot of it has to do with the conditions of the environment, the person who discovers the theory, like the guy, you know, what's his name? The reason why they say that Bohm's idea of the particle, uh, the pilot wave theory of quantum mechanics wasn't accepted was because Bohm was a communist. And they didn't accept that in America because he was a communist. And they only accepted – but they accepted, you know, uh, Bohr's idea because he wasn't a communist. But then when Bohm went to Russia, I guess they, they, they took it more seriously because, you know, he was a communist. Or they took it more seriously in Russia because it was more materialistic based. Or I don't, I don't know. It, it, but, you know, a lot of it, it – science is very subjective. Everything's you – know, any thoughts of that? No. All right. So, so – and then I'll just give like a couple more examples. would be um, – Okay, so yeah, but these people don't have to necessarily believe in it. Okay, so what about like uh, Frank Herbert? He, he wrote Dune, and it was declined. It, like it, it's now considered one of the best books of all time, science fiction books of all time. But it was declined at first like many, many times. Same thing with uh, the, the woman who did uh, Harry Potter, right? But like uh, – but Frank Herbert, his Dune was, was declined. But then it ended – but now it's like considered one of the best books. But it was declined by, by a ton of people or something. What do you think about that? But did he did he stubbornly believe it? Did he did he maintain it or or what? Well, 
See, we don't know for sure, but let's let's go back to a theory of everything. See, there is a theory of everything, and there is the theory of everything. If you believe it is it, and and you identify with it, then you call it the theory. But see, a, a theory is not. There is no such as thing as the theory. There are only a theories. And and. Uh, and for example, the uh, the, the theory, the quadrant model, the theory of of everything. See, that is a theory. Now it may be the, but then it's not a theory any longer. It's the true description of reality. Yeah. So I should I should start calling it the true description. But hey, Grandpa, uh, yeah, you have to you have to look at my. Huh? See, I'm a, Because then you're inviting people. See, if you say D is, then you're inviting people to agree or disagree. Yeah. If you're you're calling it A theory, then you're inviting people to join you in the inquiry and in the preparation for the discovery, for it it to become an epiphany for him, for them. See, that's what happened with Einstein. Okay. When he he looked at that that theory, he had the same epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but, but Grandpa, start, start looking at my Facebook stuff and, and look at my uh, YouTube channel and stuff. I'll, I'll send you links or whatever. Okay. But but you, okay. have you been looking at my Facebook? I haven't recently. Yeah, start look. You know, look, look through all the pages. Look through all the groups. You know how to go through my groups now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Just go through all the groups and, and, and look, but you got to look at my YouTube stuff and look, whatever. But any other thoughts on that? No, but that's about enough for now. No no, but but just just a little bit more, Grandpa. Uh, Cause, cause we haven't, we haven't done it. Like, can, can we just do a, do it for an hour? Well, I, I, I have other things I want to do yet tonight. Okay, but can I ask you a couple more questions? Okay. All right. So, so, but what do you think about the idea that, like, okay, uh, you know, the theory of evolution, is it just another mythology? It's a theory. Hmm. Any other thoughts? On it? See, I, I still. I still tend to have a theory that there is absolute knowledge, there is absolute truth, and I suspect that no one has the capacity to know it absolutely. And that's a theory under which I operate, and there's enough evidence to support that that is true. Because, see, in in that moment of awareness where you know the truth, then there is no, there's no thought. There's no, there's nothing to which to pay attention. There's nothing to believe. There's nothing to occupy your attention. You just are the truth. You are in the truth. And you are the truth. So then, then it's no longer a theory, nor is it a belief. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, could, could you repeat that? I, I was, I was reading something else. What, what did you say? Wait, wait, can you just repeat that last part? You said you said about the the truth what? I say in, in a moment of, of full spectrum awareness, there's nothing to pay attention to. There's no belief. There's no idea. Uh, you, you just are the truth. You, you are the presence. You are reality at that moment. You're just to- totally at one with. So, so is, is this, is this, are you trying... 
so so like you know remember that I was talking about that humanist idea or the the neoplatonist idea where they say like the, the divine is within you you know is is that the transrational is is that is that saying like you know a oneness with god thing but then if you believe that that's another belief which yeah that's right see then then you have an object to pay attention to all right so so but anyways so, so I was talking about, but, but then, but then, you know, like, so we're talking about, you know, is, is, are these mythologies, you know, like the, the idea that there were four forces and originally they were one force, but then they separated at the big bang. Uh, and, and, you know, Guth, Guth was doing these mathematics and he had this epiphany. Wait, uh, there were inflatons and there was, a, there was an inflationary model of, of the big bang and, and really the, the way it worked because originally the big bang didn't work, but then he said, okay, if there was an inflation, then it could have worked. And then, and then he put all this together. And now, it, now they're coming up with this big picture and stuff, and now they have a new creation story, or and then and then the same thing with the creation story with with life. Okay, it started off probably within within the within the vents, and there's, there's there isn't that there isn't that much evidence. I mean, so, some sensory evidence for this stuff, and you can you can make you know uh, extrapolations and stuff. But again, is this all just mythologies? I suspect so. But at the same time, it's 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 more like scientifically, you know, accurate. People say, but at this, but at the same time, okay, what, what, whatever you believe is going to be dependent on what group you belong to by by your ego identity, right? Uh, Christians going to believe in the creationism, and that that's going to more often be, you know, certain certain groups based on what what where, where you grow up, what race you are, what ethnicity, you know, the different things are going to affect what you believe, right? If you identify with those things, right? Yeah, if you identify with them, yes. Okay, so, but, so, so you have the the atheist, the, the materialists who, who are going to be believing that they, they identify with being a materialist and stuff. But then also, is is there, if we're in like a dream world, okay, that's what the senses, our senses, our mathematics, and, and from what we observe from the microwave background, we're we're using our sense perceptions and we're we're observing microwave background, and this is indicating a big bang, and and, and this is influencing this idea, and and we're looking at the dark matter. Uh, so somehow the universe is expanding. We're seeing in this galaxy formation of evidence of a dark matter. Okay, maybe this came from the Iflaton field, and and we're and we're, we're gluing together puzzle pieces. And we're making sense. There's there's sense data, and we're making sense of it all. But it's still mythology, though, right? It, or what? Yeah, it's 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 still an art form. It's a it's a representation. It's a booth or mythology. So, so if you believe it, you still believe you're still a separate ego body self. You're still in the dream. But then, at the same time, if if you look at reality and, and you're and you and you see, okay, there are four forces and, and they separate, and so we're seeing the four actually one, or then maybe you know every life form came from one. There's metaphorical significance to this. And and you know the idea is you know like when I discovered the quadrant model, it's almost like I wanted to believe that. That everything in, in is one, and that you know even within the differentiations there's a unity because everything's differentiated within one systematic framework, creating a, a literal oneness in in division. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there's some sort of metaphorical resonance with that. But the idea is, is this because you know again, if everything's like a dream. You know, within dreams there's symbolic meaning behind things, and and just you know evolution in in and of itself. If, if we're looking at evidence, okay, the human has these things in its neck. It's a vestigial from when we were fish, and and it seems like all these things indicate that there was an evolution. 
And but that's just our sense data saying that, and and we're extrapolating. But even if our sense data is saying that within a dream, your sense data is saying certain things, but it's not necessarily real. But there's a deeper symbolic meaning of it. So is this maybe just you know the idea that everything came from one organism and it all evolved and 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 there's four kingdoms and four? Is this still just the quadrant model again? It's just a quadrant model, but just the idea of like just just the the meaning of this. Everything came from one. Is this helping to point people? through our sense perceptions that this is a dream, that everything is one, that there is no thing. And we're seeing this through the symbolic representation of our sense data. Like in a, in a dream, the sense data. But again, it's not real, but it's pointing us to a deeper truth. Yeah, that's good. So is, 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 is reality, is, is what we're, is, it, is our beliefs creating reality in a sense? Or, or, or even a deeper being that our beliefs are connected to creating reality. Yeah. Those are big questions. But okay, but, but but quick question though, Grandpa. It says anything. This is this is what uh, somebody posted. It said anything you accept fully will take you into peace. This is the miracle of surrender. What do you think of that quote? Well, yeah, it, it, it gives you a, sen a, a sense of reassurance, a sense of peace, a sense that you got it all together. But if you believe it, then 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 it's always subject to uh, uh, criticism, and it, it becomes an unstable structure. Well, it, it it can it confirms a separate ego body self, right? Yeah. But but the thing about that though is anything you accept fully will take you into peace. But is is this also idea though that anything you if you accept it fully it can it can it also take you out of yourself though like okay you you accept that there's a god fully a, a separate god that that, that can may, maybe in in your submission to that it can maybe bring you into the flow what do you think about that or no because it's confirming the separate ego by yourself yeah again as i see it it's if you see it as a theory as a way of seeing as a way of organizing your world rather than as a way that your world is organized, then it can bring you a, a sense of peace. See, again, as, as I understand Einstein, that's the way he operated. He would discover amazing things that he couldn't believe were true, yet, yet he allowed for the possibility that it could be. And there's a real sense of peace that comes from that, from neither believing it nor dis disbelieving it. And then, and then, what about that? That he maintained it, and then he got the, you know, the evidence that corroborated it. Because for a long time there wasn't really any evidence, but then he, they, they did the thing where they looked at the, at the light going across the, the star or whatever, and, and it being deflected, and that quote unquote proved it. But again, yeah. even, even this though, this is sense data. This, yeah. this sense data, and the idea is, are, are, is his, his beliefs, or is the collective unconscious really what's creating that? And again, in the monist view, it's really Allah doing everything. And and yeah, that, that might have happened, but really it's ultimately for the quadrant illumination. Any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So, so. Um, hey, I gotta go. All right, any, any other thoughts? Hey, hey grab a. Yeah. Uh, could we, could we do another one today? Or? No, I got other things I want to do tonight. All right. Okay. Oh, hey, hey grab a, uh, what, what time? Eight, 8 o'clock or should I call everyone? Well, I don't, I don't know what I'll be doing uh, tomorrow, but uh, I'll, I'll work on getting my, my, my phone back in order. And, uh, and when I have the 
time I'll call you and give you a suggestion. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Bye.